755 is real with David O'Brien and Eric O'Flaherty. Hey, welcome back. 755 is real. And we're coming to you. This is a uh, first 2020 spring training episode of our mighty 755 is real podcast. Uh, I'm down here at the new place in Northport, Florida. Eric's at his place in Seattle, Washington. What's up, Eric? How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. A lot of a lot of action, huh? A lot of action on day one here in uh, Northport, dude. You know, uh, it's too bad you never got to experience this place. Did you ever get a really great spring training home during your years in the big leagues? Oakland's uh, the second year I was with Oakland. They got a brand yeah. new setup, and it was night and day, man. The the year yeah. before we were in about a seven by seven square foot weight room, and, and the second year with <laughs> Oakland, they they remodeled. They got a whole new complex. Uh, Man, it made a huge difference. It just made spring training a, a lot more tolerable. You, you know the crappy weight room they had at Disney would look like a bad high school oh, weight I know room? It. Yeah, I hate that place. Okay. <laughs> well, they went from that to basically an SEC football team's weight room. It's massive. Oh, you know who you know who else had one like that was the Pirates. Yeah. The Pirates had a really good one. It was it, yeah, it felt like a it it felt like a college, you know, like a university weight room. This it makes thing a huge has, difference, man. This thing has sliding garage doors that you open up. They yep. got music playing in there. Yep. And the guys, it opens up to this like football sized training field where they just do their sprints and everything. And they got the music playing. And then you got your base, your, all your backfields beyond that. And you got your batting cages. You got them from major leagues and minor leagues. Each of the buildings is bigger than the one they had for everybody yeah. at Disney. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. They got this, they got this minor league. Uh, building that is dorms for the lower minor league guys. But there's also a movie theater in there for the minor leagues, uh, offices. I mean, it's each of the teams has its own clubhouse. AAA's got its own clubhouse, so when guys get sent down, they can kind of start their team bonding stuff, and the AA team's got its own clubhouse. It's, uh, it's quite a setup they got here. It's awesome. I, I yeah. can't tell you how much of a difference it makes just to have some space. You know, spring yeah. training's always so crammed. Just to have some yeah. space is nice. Yeah, you got 65 guys in Big League camp and nobody's walking all over each other because the clubhouse itself is like three times the size of the one in Disney, you know, and then the training rooms and everything is just so much bigger. And then it looks like a, it looks like a one of the two-team sites that you see now in Arizona and a couple of them in Florida. It looks yeah. like a two-team site, but it's just Braves because the minor league side basically is the size of what, you know, one of the major league teams would have in, in one of the two-team sites. Pretty impressive. That's awesome. Yeah. Good for them. A lot going on here today. We, had, But Mr. 755 himself, the real home run king, the great Hank Aaron, was here at camp today for the dedication of a road named for him that runs alongside the new ballpark here. So that's pretty cool. I mean, anytime Hank's here, you know, he's on – He's, he's struggling a little bit to get around because he broke his hip a few years ago. So, you know, at that age to recover from that is tough. So, but he's still there mentally and everything is sharp. And, and just to hear him speak and see the reverence that the guys pay, they, they brought the whole team out to the parking lot, to this, to the street, uh, sign. And the whole team's out there in uniform before they ever even started their workout. And they're all standing behind Hank when he's speaking. And he could just see the guys. They, you know, they know enough of his name and everything to realize his greatness. And, uh, you know, they're reduced to, to little kids, too, when he's in their, in their presence. So I was, too. Every time I saw him, man, he'd be in the, uh, he'd be in the Braves weight room at Turner Field a lot. And, yeah. you know, if you're yeah. rehabbing or something, he'd kind of be the same hours as the rehab guys. You go in there and Hank's getting some kind of little leg workout in. He, he was rehabbing something. I think his knee or hip yeah. or something. He's a little beat. He's a little banged up. But uh, you know, he just has that. 
you feel like he's just a field of dreams all of a sudden, you know, it yeah. just has an aura about him and, and yeah. it's just magical being around that guy. Every time I was around him, man, I just tried to, I didn't want to bother him, but yeah. one time he, he kind of came over to me and he knew who I was and that was enough for me. I was just, I couldn't even speak, man. <laughs> just like, you know, hey, Mr. Aaron, good to meet you. you shake his hand and that's it. I, I, I said something on Twitter today. There's, there are in, in three decades of doing this sports writing, there have been two people that I've ever met that I've been around that I just, I felt this weird kind of, kind of sensation, you know, and I guess it's, it's all being awestruck and you don't get that feeling ever. And it's almost like you get emotional, man. And those two people were Muhammad Ali and Hank Aaron. Every time I see Hank and, and I shook his hand today and it's like, still got these meat hook hands that are, his hands are like the size of Roger Clemens hands, just as strong as ever could be vice grip, uh, hand grip still. Yeah, I was like that with with Hank, and I was like that with Ken Griffey Jr. when I met him. Both times, I just wanted it to end because I, I was, I just, <laughs> I just want to get out of here, man. It was like, you know, it's so nice to meet him, but I was so nervous to meet those guys, and and they were, you know, they meant so much to me growing up that yeah. the moment was almost kind of overwhelming. I just wanted to be real respectful and then get out of their space, and and uh, yeah, it's it just it's a lot of heat to to be around guys like that. It's pretty cool though. Yeah, I mean. I hope people realize that are that are these guys that are these kids that are around him. He's one of the two greatest living ball players, you know, him and Willie yeah. Mays. So yeah. appreciate it while he's here. So anyway, um, so we're gonna get some impressions of uh the first six days of camp. Uh, you know, the pitchers and catchers have been here for, you know, four or five days before full squad started today. So uh, and then a lot of the early arriving position players have been here too, taking a you know, informal batting practice on the field and everything. So um, but before we get into that, I think we need to address the big topic of the day. What came, became the trending topic of the day here in Braves camp. And that's the comments made by Nick Marcakis this morning regarding the Astros sign stealing scandal. Uh, you've seen the video now and, and heard everything he said, right? They were, yeah, epic. I saw it. I saw it. <laughs> yeah. He's, you know, he's so calm about it, man, but yeah. his cakes yeah. is ice cold. He, he means what he says. So he's a man. You can you can attest to this. He's a man of few words. So when he does speak, they carry so much more weight. You know, especially the gravitas that he has of being around the game so long, thirty five, thirty six years old, uh, and he's just so deadly serious all the time. And he's not yeah. hitting BS around. So when he talks, I think it it carries a lot of weight. And people should uh, uh, can take it for, as gospel when he says it. Well, he's one of those guys that. You know, there's a lot of guys that are irritable and, and it's a long season and, and they have problems with a lot of stuff and there can be some debate whether, you know, a veteran's just kind of being an asshole. Or, yeah, right. You know, there's that kind of stuff. If you piss cakes off, you're wrong every time. Yeah. Like he, he, there's no BS with him. If if he if he doesn't agree with it, man, you're out of line. Uh, and, you know, it's I, I actually really appreciate him coming out and saying what he did because he's just one of those guys that's found his way to stick around the game and he's put the work in to, to stay in the game. So I think that's the guys that is pissing off the most or are guys that are hard workers doing everything clean. And, and man, I just can't believe I've never seen so many players so vocal about something. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's unanimity. I, I that's what I mentioned to cakes and got one of the uh, comments from him uh, regard after I said that question um, to uh, what you're alluding to. It's like, uh, you know, I think when, when guys like, uh, uh, 
say last week when Trevor Bauer said something. Somebody might dismiss it and say, Trevor Bauer's an asshole. He called out his own teammates before or whatever, blah, blah, blah. When Cody Bellinger says something, somebody might say he's just bitter because he didn't, you know, because they oh, he's got young. beat. He doesn't know better yet. He doesn't know better. He got beat. You know, and Mike Judge might say, when somebody somebody can always dismiss, you know, various, but then, then you get guys like Mike Trout coming out yeah. this week. Mike Trout never rips anybody. You know, he's a guy that, uh, he's kind of like, uh, you know, Michael Jordan was when he played basketball. You know, he wants to appeal to everybody and all that. And Trout just never says anything, you know, with a lot of sting. And he ripped the Astros. So that's when you knew this was a little different situation. Um, and, and that's what I asked, I asked Nick today. The first comment was, to, first of all, he walked over. We walked over to his locker to talk to him because he just got here yesterday. So we're talking to him for the first time. And, uh, and he has a T-shirt on that says, all me, P-E-D free. He's on a... He's on a uh, he's on a council, a steroid, uh, the anti-steroid group that, uh, uh, and he's on the council of it. So he got these T-shirts were sent to all those guys. So, <laughs> what is that? Uh, it's the kid, the young guy, the teenager who 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 died after you know getting addicted to steroids and did something uh, years ago. There was a story about him in SI, and his parents run this this foundation. And Nick's on the council. He's on the. He's one of the. He's one of the. Damn, guys. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So that's cool. Any, so anyway, he uh, he's answering some questions uh, about you know his role on this year's team because it's for the first time in his you know his career. Basically, he's going to be you know he's a part time guy or he's fighting for you know fighting for a position or you know they're not no they don't really know how that third outfield spot's going to be divvied up between Ender and Ciarte, him Duvall. Because uh, you know two of the spots are already taken by Acuna and Azuna, so for the first time Nick's in a you know a, a different position. So he's answering it, giving all the right answers, saying you know I just do what I'm coming to do my thing, wherever that role they want me to be in to help this team win ball games, that's what I'm going to do. He's saying all the right things, and then the question was along the lines of Nick, your guys always played the game the right way, you know, as his shirt would attest. What do you yeah. think of uh, watching the shit show you know unfold this last couple of months? That is the Astros. Uh, uh, sign stealing scandal and he said he thought about it for a moment i didn't know if he was going to say you know what i don't really want to comment on that right now publicly that's not what he said <laughs> he was ready it was like it was obvious that he'd been thinking about this watching this from afar you know on on uh, uh, you know at home while it's wor- working out this winter and whatever uh because he unleashed a response that it'll do nick's responses you know are 20 30 seconds thoughtful but brief this went on, and he had plenty to say. That was all he needed. The comments just spilled forth, and they quickly went viral, by the way. Uh, Nick's trending on Twitter today for much of the day, and I think that's probably the first time in his 14-year major league career <laughs> that that's the case. Yeah, he's not wrapped um, up in a lot of drama usually. No. But anyway, his comments on the scandal started like this. I wrote them down. Here it is. He said, it angers you especially from a guy who has played the game the right way his whole career. No shortcuts. I know how hard this game is. I know how hard preparing for this game is. And to see something like that, it's damaging to baseball. It's anger. I feel like every single guy over there needs a beating. It's wrong. They're messing with people's careers. I know we're all competitive and we're out there competing, but there's right ways to do it and wrong ways to do it. And I 100% disagree with the way they did it. There's a lot of people that were hurt by it, and it was wrong. And I think the punishment and everything, I think just everything has been handled the wrong way. I was like, whoa, Jesus, Nick, tell us how you really feel. <laughs> he, he normally he does, said, man. Uh, he, he, no. 
And he said, you've got two guys that are sitting at home that you can give them a little leeway. I don't know if he meant the two fired, Cora and Beltron, maybe. I'm not sure. I'm guessing, yeah. Meant, you know, That's Hinch, what I thought. Hinch and, Hinch and Luno. But I took I took it as Cora and, Bel- and Beltron being fired. He said, they're not in the game right now. And then you got the players who did it, who are scot-free. I know there's a lot of political stuff behind it, but it's wrong. You don't want to see that. Everybody's out there competing and trying to do things the right way. And then these guys said, it's pretty sad. Those guys have a lot of talent over there, but to take it to that level is wrong. I know as players, we do not agree with what they did. We don't stand behind them and never will we support them for their actions. And I think they got off pretty easy. They're going to be able to go out there and compete with no ramifications at all, which is wrong. And I think the commissioner completely handled it the wrong way. But that's the way he did it, and that's the way we've got to live with it. But I know a lot of people disagree with him, and the way he handled the situation, he should be embarrassed of himself. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Jesus. And I think uh, most people out there, you tell me, most, do most players, former players, agree with Nick? I mean, that's what I'm seeing. Um, yeah. You know, the crazy thing is, is, is I think – I'm pretty sure the union has to fight for these guys, even if you know 99% of its members want them suspended. You yeah, know, so I exactly, I, You're right. I don't know the exact specifics, but I'm pretty sure that they would have to fight a suspension or something like that. So, yeah, I, maybe Manfred I, just saw that up front and said, "I'm not going to be able to suspend these guys. Maybe I can offer them immunity." I don't, I don't immunity, know what yeah. what his his thought process was, but. It's like it, it's almost they'd be better off just serving a suspension because this yeah. thing's not going away. It, it feels it's like it's backfired. never going away. Yeah. He did it because he. Did, I don't think he thought he would get the information otherwise, and he wouldn't be able to prove it and even suspend. You know the team. Uh, you know the the manager and the GM who who then lost their jobs. But I don't think he would have been able to suspend them without players uh, turning state's evidence, for lack of a better way of putting it. But, you know, for without the players flipping on it or, you know, and, and doing the things he did, the, the $5 million fine, which was the maximum, which is peanuts, but nothing, I, he probably felt like he wouldn't be able to do anything and that it would, what he did would be better than nothing. But as it turns out, what he did is almost like people are just as pissed about the, the, uh, lack of penalties for the players as they are, uh, about what happened. I mean, just the whole thing has become, just yeah, I think you know what if, if they didn't let guys, they said guys can't throw at them, <laughs> you know. So yeah. I think that even Pissing more guys are speaking more. out because that was kind of the only the only way yeah. the game could handle it itself. Let you know, it police itself, yeah. Guys might not have said anything; they might have just drilled them all season, and right, and, you know, that might have been a way that that it got handled, kind of you know, giving the players a chance to do that. But since they can't do that, I think guys are just getting their you know, getting their two cents in all yeah. over the league as I've right. never seen, especially, you know, speaking about other players really rarely happens unless there's a fight on the field or something like right. that. I mean, you normally, you keep other guys' names out of your mouth, but right. th- they're naming names and they're, and they're saying, you know, he's saying yeah. they need to take a beating. It's there's, there's nobody really mincing their words. Everybody that's been asked has, has been outspoken. I think Juan Soto was the only guy I saw that just said, I don't know, you know, people make mistakes. Right. Every and other player so young, I've seen that probably yeah. doesn't want to be out of line. Yeah. Yeah, and the other side of that too is the only other reason I don't think they suspended guys is because if these guys took suspensions for it, you know, and you f- start finding out that you know six other teams were doing it, yeah, you know, I don't think yeah. they knew where this where this thing was going to lead right. to. Right. But if six other teams were doing it, all of a sudden you have to hand out seventy five suspensions of really good players this yeah. year. I mean, that could be terrible for the game too. So I think and- that I, I guess you know going forward, you just have to make the penalty so harsh that nobody. Right. Will ever no be. I mean, going make it a lifetime ban. 
Just make it a lifetime ban so that nobody even risks it. Because the thing with steroids that you can't make it a lifetime ban is there are there are instances where a guy ingests a right. steak or, or some right. kind of, I don't know, supplement from GNC and it's an accident. But you don't accidentally, you know, bang yeah, on a garbage should, can to tell your teammate what's coming. It should be like gambling. I mean, if you're going to suspend is. Pete Rose for gambling, you should suspend these guys for life now. Now that the penalties are out there, put them on the wall and say, you know, have it on the wall along with the gambling thing. So then you can always just point to it and go, it's right there on the wall in the clubhouse, yep. you know. And I've never so, seen or heard a single player betting on baseball. You know, it, yeah. my time in clubhouses and everything like that, it wasn't right, even something right. guys entertained. They're scared to death of it, yeah. They're scared. I'm still scared right now. I mean, I don't even know if I can. You know, I, I just legalized gambling here. I, I'm still scared to do it. I don't, I'm not even associated anymore. You might you lose your pension or something, huh? Yeah, I don't know. I can't. I don't know how they'll get me, but, you know, I'm still paranoid about <laughs> yeah. it. So, yeah, I asked, kinda, uh, so, so I asked, uh, I asked uh, Nick, I said, you know, about the players, I said from Trout to Bellinger, you know, to to Freddie Freeman and and Josh Tomlin this week because I Tomlin gave me some great quotes about this too. He said he said Tomlin told me this is the worst scandal in the history of baseball to him, worse than the Black Sox, worse than steroids. He said this is the worst because it directly affects the game and people's livelihoods. And I asked Nick about that. I said there just seems to be a unanimous front from the players that everybody agrees on this. And he said, yeah, absolutely. What they did was bullshit. They took a lot of opportunities away from people and possibly ruined people's careers. And like I said, we're all competitive. We want to compare, compete and win. But when you take it to, the, to, the, to that level, there's no excuse. Like I said, bullshit, and they should have had some ramifications for what they did. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's. I haven't seen, like I said, I haven't seen the players disunited in a long time with with something yeah. like that. I, I just, for me, I wonder how many. They can't be the only team that was doing it. Yeah, so, and I mean, you yeah. just can't tell me they're the only team that thought of that. And if he did make suspensions, you know, who would he have not suspended on the Astros? How would you have suspended these fifteen guys and not those ten guys? I mean, how would you have known? You know, did he do it one time? Did he do it every? You know, who knows? It would have been tough. But uh, and then you got guys saying, well. You know, such and such on, you know, Red Sox told me he did this and he played with this other guy and all of a sudden. You know what, though? I, you know what, what, though? I think looking at it now, because we're talking about how logistically it would have been so tough to suspend these guys, I think they should strip them of the thing. And I know it's only a formality. The fans will still be able to say we won the World Series. But I think they should, as a, at least as a, as a symbolism, should strip them of that World Series. It should be vacated. Yeah, you could do that. I mean, it's not going to mean anything right. for me. For as a player, they already got to do the parade. They already got oh, to. Yeah. They already oh, got yeah. to spray champagne. They already got to do yeah. all the. So, from a player standpoint, you know, whatever. That's if there's a trophy yeah. or not sitting in Houston, it doesn't really matter to me. If if I have that experience of winning right. a World Series, you can never take that away, even if it's tainted. Um, right, but just like NCAA I, when they strip them of a title. You know, that might make some people happy though if they did yeah. that. Yeah, I think. You know, you could even give it to the team that they that lost. They lost to. You know, if you wanted to. <laughs> yeah, or that would mean the same thing, though. It doesn't mean shit if, yeah, if you get one of those. Shit. Like, yeah. hey, congrats, Dodgers! You, you won the right. World Series. Right, right. <laughs> Go celebrate yeah. now. You know, I it's, think you just vacate. You want to do it like the right way. It. Yeah, you just vacate it. I think like you do in the NCAA when they do that. Yeah. But anyway, so let me ask you: What kind of treatment do you think the Astros can expect this season by opposing teams and by fans? Do you think uh, it's going to last all season? Somebody's going to throw at them anyway. I know that they oh, said yeah. that. You know, I think that. I know they said that they're going to. You know, if they if they feel like it's on purpose or something like that, but you can't mm-hmm. even you can't have a protection on them like where mm-hmm. you can't even miss inside. Right. You know, as long as it's not blatant, I think you can still get away with it. 
if you hit yeah. him square in the middle of the back and the numbers first pitch of the game, it's going to be obvious. But yeah, uh, there's enough guys that are ready to take their suspension, I'm sure, just based on how everybody's talking. They uh, have you seen? The I think everybody's going to want their shot too. You know, I, I don't. I don't think it's like, hey, yeah. You know, they played yeah. the, the Angels in Oakland already hit them, and and they got right, their licks right. in. And then you play a right. team in August that hasn't seen them yet. I think if if that team has anybody on them that that feels like they got you know torched by by the cheating or a guy that put up some bad numbers in Houston in, in seventeen, he's going to want his shot too. So it could yeah. go on all year. I don't know. Everybody's yeah, pissed. You- and, and you got to think that teams are going to see other teams do what you just said, you know, and they're going to think, well, okay, well, that's a, we, uh, it's almost our obligation. We do the same thing. Keep reminding them all year. <laughs> yeah. But have you seen the odds, the Las Vegas odds makers? They've put out odds on, on uh, the over and under on how many times they're going to get beamed. Yeah. It's, that's it's why I, I want to know if I can bet on that because I, I bet it hits the over. <laughs> it's not betting on games. So I think you could take it. It's uh, 80 and a half is the last I checked. It was a uh, number of times beaning. And then they also have odds on who's going to get beaned the most. You know who that is? Who the leader is? It's Bregman. Yep, Bregman. He's, followed he's by Springer, smoked. Altuve, and Correa. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, well, yeah, they're going to go after their studs. But I think the one good thing that came out of this is that Altuve didn't want it. Uh, just, I, I'd love to find out he didn't do the buzzer either. You know, I mean – yeah. He's just good for the game. A little guy like that, you know, it's it's good for kids to watch a, a guy that's not tall and he's got a good yeah. story. He always seemed like a really good guy, but man, I don't you know, I don't know why they'd say, "Oh, he never wanted it and not defend the rest of their teammates unless they're just trying right. to stick up for his MVP." But I mean, that that'd be awesome. You know, any guy that's that's, you know, that a little bit came out about uh McCann, B-Mac, uh trying to someone had leaked it to the media that he tried to stop that. I mean, I thought that was really yeah. good. There's there's been a few things coming out of it, but those other guys are getting torched. Especially Correa didn't even deny it. He's like, you know, the Altuve's the only guy that didn't want it. So he's basically you know, saying he did it. After this, uh, you know, after that story came out where somebody said that they, they the BMAC had at least once or twice asked him to stop doing it, Fulte's comments here in, in camp, uh, Fulte was like, I don't know. I can trust anybody out of there, though, you know, out of the Astros, you know, stories that are leaking and everything. And he said, I don't know if I can trust anybody over there. So I don't, I think everybody's taking everything with a grain of salt at this point from in, if it's camp, if it comes from Astros camp. So, yeah, I'm too gullible. I wish, I, think, I, wish I wish we'd get yeah. Mac to talk about it, you know, it's just that he looks so bad when, when he can't defend himself or doesn't try to. But, but, you know, I understand he's the type of guy he is. He don't want to talk about it. Yeah, he's just a he's just gonna let them those guys still gotta go out on the field, you know. So Yeah. I think he's I just know. letting them handle it. Um they don't play the Braves until the last series of the season in Atlanta, the Astros took the la- very last season of the <laughs> series of the season. So I'd imagine it'll be played out by then as far as most Braves fans are concerned. But you never know, considering Marquecas' comments today. <laughs> That's what I was just thinking. <laughs> those are likely to resurface when that series rolls around, you know. And if he's assuming he's still around, uh, I'm sure he'll probably he might have some comments again when they come when they do come to town. But man, he was he, still throwing shade. He was throwing shade at guys that had failed steroid tests in like 06, 07 when I was teammates yeah. with him. So. Ten years later, he he'd still be on the plane, just <laughs> ripping into these guys and pissed. And and the venom that would come out of him, man, how how mad he would get over yeah. guys that had any association yeah. with steroids. I mean, it would ruin his flight if they even showed you know a highlight of a guy like <laughs> Melky Cabrera or somebody like that that yeah. had gotten popped. He'd just yeah. get pissed off. So I don't I don't think he's going to drop this by by August or or September. <laughs> Did you see? Uh, it went viral, and then somebody in Astros camp within like an hour of of. Uh, 
Nick making his comments. Somebody took it to, to Dusty in his little get-together with their reporters this morning and said, did you see Nick Marcakis's comments? And Dusty said no, and they read it to him and goes, Really? He goes, Nick Marcakis doesn't usually say much. <laughs> so he, must have, he must have had his Wheaties today. <laughs> yeah, Dusty's in a so, tough spot. Yeah, he is. He really is. He's handled it well so far. You know? he's, I think he's the ideal yeah. guy for that job. Yeah. But good luck. Uh, hey, listen, but while I'm thinking about it, if you guys want to save 40%, on a 40 uh, first year subscription to the athletic you can do so right now by going to theathletic.com forward slash 755 is real if you want to get all of our content and all the content that's online i mean there's so much you can't possibly read it all about your favorite team if you want to save 40 percent off a first year subscription theathletic.com forward slash 755 is real you can get it right now Moving on. Eric, I wanted to get your level of concern regarding Cole Hamels' shoulder injury. I know you are real familiar with a pitcher, a lefty, having a shoulder injury. Uh, And none of us knows the exact nature of his injury, obviously. Uh, The Braves characterize it as a strain, which occurred while he was doing weighted ball drills in the final week or two of preparing for spring training, not from throwing. So I guess that's good, obviously. Well, you throw the weighted balls. Right, but I mean it's a little different than just a you know a, a, right the, the, a, a, an injury that occurs from regular regular throwing program. I would think maybe it's a little different, or no? Is it is the same thing? No, same okay. same same thing. Honestly, so this can't be good, right? To be, I mean, you come to camp, but you're already hurt before you can get here. I don't know. I mean, so he's not. Is he even in camp, or is he rehabbing at home? Not yet. Yeah, he he's supposed to show up this week. He's rehabbing at home because that's where his doctor Meister, you know, the guy that's worked on him in the past, he's in yeah. Dallas. And that's where he lives. So he's staying there for, you know, uh, like a week and then coming here at some point this week he's supposed to. Uh, and then probably go back home until he's ready to start a slowing program. But he's supposed to miss three weeks. And then he'll be reevaluated. So that's the minimum. Okay. So and Alex can, has already said he's yeah. not going to be ready for the opening day rotation. No, that's going to be May then, probably. I mean, yeah. if, you, if he has to start, you got to do a right. whole – he's going to have to do a whole that's build That's what up. I was thinking. That's what three I was Three weeks thinking. off of throwing and then, yeah. I wouldn't count on him till May then. Uh-huh. Uh, and the thing is, this is a guy who missed a few, couple of starts last year in September when he came back too quickly. He said he admitted later he came back too quickly from that bleak strain because he wanted to go. He wanted to show he didn't want to go into the offseason free agency uh, coming off an injury. He wanted to show people he could still pitch. So he came back without building up off the oblique thing, and he ended up getting a sore shoulder from it. So I would think the Braves are going to be particularly careful when the season hasn't begun yet, so it's not a lingering thing all year with the one year they have him. They want him for the playoffs. Right. So, you know, it's, it's, it's almost a good thing. Uh, for me personally, I, I, yeah. I'm rooting for Felix, and I think it, it kind of opens yeah. up a spot for him to maybe right. make the team. And uh, You don't know. I mean, if, if Nuke threw the, threw the crap out of the ball early on, they – and Felix had a good spring, they might still take Nuke over him because they're going to take the best guy for the job. But now it kind of right. gives him a shot where right. if he has a really good spring, he might get that extra month to kind of prove something, you know, because mm-hmm. doing it in springs one thing, and especially when you're facing half a lineup of big leaguers and a bunch of double-A, triple-A guys. But that first month in the big leagues could be a chance for him to really prove something and resurrect his career. So, I, I mean, for me, it's things just fall into place like that, you know. There's always an injury. There's always something like that. And, and hopefully Hamels yeah. is ready second half and – and good to go. Yeah, he's they 36 want him years old. Did we mention that he's thirty six years old? So yeah, <laughs> you know, last year Soroka was on the was uh, was hurt in the first few weeks of spring training, so he got out. You know, he started late, and uh, 
it ended up being uh, it ended up being good for him because he you know he he ended up throwing more innings than he ever had anyway. So it was probably good that he missed the first part because he was as strong as he's ever been in the postseason. He pitched one of yeah. the best games of his life in the division series. So I would think Hamels is the kind of guy that's going to try to go 200 innings if he's there from day one. So maybe it is good, like you said, to uh, uh, get us three or four weeks late, start three or four weeks late. Um, and that's what I had jotted down is that if there's one possible good thing about this at all, it's that you give both Newcomb and King Felix a chance to win spots in that opening rotation, day rotation because before there was only one of those guys had a chance to crack the rotation because four spots were already secured. So without without Hamels in there, it's going to give it, both those guys a chance to break camp. And the Braves only have like one day off in the first three and a half weeks this year because they start in warm weather places where they don't have to build in that rainout game, that rainout day, the day after opening day. Uh, and then they start at home. Their home opener's on a Friday. You can't really take Saturday as a day off, you know, and build that rainout day. So they only have one day off in the first three and a half weeks. They're going to need all their their starters. In other words, they're not going to be able to skip their fifth starter like you can in this typical season. Well, that's awesome because, you know, normally uh, sometimes you don't even take a fifth starter. You, you exactly. skip them a lot early on. But um, that's good. It's good for those guys just to, you know, have a little better chance. But it's it's funny, man. We always talk about it, how it just mm-hmm. seems like things just work out. If you just, yeah, you is. know, as a player, you just work hard and there's always a spot opening up or somebody getting hurt. And you don't ever want to wish for that, but it just seems to always happen anyway. Yeah, you should see, man. King Felix, he's been here for, you know, three or four days, and uh, a guy looks like so at home already. I think it helps. He got Ozuna as new, and he's right. got the locker right next to him. They're smart when they do that kind of thing. And, and, and the young kids all know him and look up to him, revere him. So I think he's going to fit right in here. He's not going to be he, – he spent his whole career in Seattle, but you would never know it from the way he's fit in here so quickly, which I know doesn't surprise you because you know his personality. No, he's the man. He He's – you know, I I felt I felt like it was going to be good for him to get out of Seattle because um, he just he kind of had a rough breakup there. But um, every interaction I've ever had with him has been good. I've known him since he was sixteen or seventeen years old, and he's always been the same guy. Um, I didn't I didn't really think there'd be any trouble for him fitting in, and you know it'd be it'd be kind of wild if he got to pitch in the playoffs for the first time this year. I, I, that would kill that would Seattle be. fans. It would that kill would Seattle be. fans to see him win a playoff series or or pitch in a big game. But you know I'd be really happy for him. I think it's killed a lot of him already to see a picture that came out of camp the yeah. first day he was throwing in a, a Braves uniform, and he slimmed down too. It's slimmer than yeah. they've seen him in a while. You got to see the it hair, did, man. It you didn't look, it, you know, it didn't look awkward to me because those were uniforms that I wore. But yeah, I can imagine, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I went, I went from Seattle to Atlanta too, so right. it's almost familiar for me to see him in that right. some strange way. And he's wearing my my same number, but uh, <laughs> you know, it's but, it's it's definitely different, you know, to see him there. But I saw a couple of clips of him throwing. Man, he looks good. He seems to have a good attitude. He's he knows his position. He knows where he's at in his career and how big a year it is. So and just he's got great him. ink, man. He's got some really yeah. good tattoos. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't. You you talk about swag a lot, man. He doesn't. He yeah. started it. <laughs> he got, was he was nineteen years old with swag. He's got like a skull. It's like a screaming or laughing skull with a cowboy or a hat or a fedora. I can't really tell, but it's huge. It's a whole upper arm, and then he's got. Uh, He's got a, a crown, a red crown with his initials on it. <laughs> and then he's got stars, six stars on his arm, on the, all this on his pitching arm, six stars with each of the years he's made the all-star team inside the star. <laughs> yeah, he's not it's, getting cheated. <laughs> it's outstanding, man. And it's hair, dude. He's got his hair is dyed like this 
highlights like gray. They're like gray highlights, <laughs> and he's got it pulled up, you know, and uh, with uh, one of those headbands on, so it's like spiked straight up. It's great looking. <laughs> he's good. this guy. He's a piece of work, man. He's fun. He's he is. He's in, he's entertaining. He's interesting for sure. He, he, you know, it's he was he was he had swag and and all that yeah. before it was cool, before it was really allowed. But <laughs> he just came up with so much of it, man. On 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 Felix's day to pitch, yeah. everybody just kind of cleared the way and let him do his thing. It's when he's locked in, man. It's one of the best shows in baseball to watch Felix pitch, just because of the passion just oozes out of him. You know, it's it, it's something different. But I went to his last game last year, and. Uh, when he's crying there's a picture on the on the internet somewhere but when he was crying and walking off the field wave at the fans man that was cool uh they they sent him off right the king has left the building yeah he did he lost uh, it looks like he's dropped about 20 pounds since last season and he said he feels great he made sure you know we knew that that he feels great despite you know pitching 2700 innings in his career yeah (laughs) and seeing his velocity drop about whatever from the upper 90s to whatever it is now about 90 is it probably now yeah, he's he's eighty eight to ninety one usually. Yeah. I mean, I think he still get up to ninety two, but uh, you, you know, it's it, he he still has really good spin on the ball, and he still has a really good yeah. curveball. Um, I've said in the past, I think his changeups just hard on his arm because he pronates yeah. so much, and it's 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 only a mile an hour slower than his fastball. But it'll be interesting to see if um, you know, sometimes having to sign a minor league deal is a big wake up call. Yeah, um, you could be stubborn and and want to yeah. do things the way you've always done them. Um, but it's hard as a player, you know, if he's been hurt and he hasn't been healthy, it's, it's hard to, it's, it's hard to embrace, you know, change when you're yeah. not even sure if you've been able to be a hundred percent out there. So right. it'll if be interesting to, change, to see, yeah. right. Or if you just need to get healthy and that's, yeah. that's always kind of toward the end of your career. That's a tough one to kind of get answers mm-hmm. to because the hitters, hitters are the only ones that can answer that question. They'll let you know quick, but it'll be cool to see kind of how we adjust to a, to a new league and everything like that too. Yeah, uh, somebody started a uh, a question with Felix. At your age, do you have to approach spring training? I saw that, and he cut him off, and he said, uh, "Hold on, first of all, I'm not old because I'm 33. I'm not old." <laughs> yeah, he's been in the big leagues for 15 years. That's why everybody thinks he. I mean, he was in the big leagues at 19. <laughs> but he was funny, man. Uh, Guys who have stood out so far, uh, we haven't done much here. They haven't done much here. They haven't did. They didn't even do live VPs today, which they normally do. But everything kind of got pushed back with Hank in town, so they did. You know, and there's so much time anyway. There's no rush to do that stuff. So I think it's more reasonable that I think I always wondered about the, the why you throw live BPs on the first day of full squads anyway. It's like what do you really get out of it? The hitters, the hitters are just overwhelmed that first day anyway. So. I think it was just to make sure pitchers came into camp ready. Yeah. You, yeah. you know, if you got that hanging over you that there's gonna be a hitter in the box day one. Right. Uh, you're gonna make sure and get your bullpens in before uh you're gonna have some you're gonna be built up when you get to camp versus if you're just throwing some lazy ass bullpens, you can kinda just coast through the first couple of weeks. And I think they want guys coming in ready to compete and ready to go and they don't want it, it's kinda yeah. just a way to keep them from having a lazy off season, I guess. But I, I I didn't really like it. <laughs> And with the with the players now, especially on a team with so many young pitchers, I don't think that's a concern. You know, these guys came into camp. No, they look like it's totally different these days. Out. Yeah, they're these all guys so throw fit. all off season. They're I mean yeah. they're working out in November hard. Yeah, they're driving. They're, they're long their- tossing. They're throwing weighted balls off the wall, doing triple crow hops. I mean. They they stress their bodies all year. They, you know, Shaping I don't know if their it's sliders that drive line. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it doesn't stop. That's why so, you see so many strikeouts now. So I've. Uh, so instead of spending much time on the backfields watching the, you know, 
not getting anything out of watching guys throw bullpens. I've watched a lot of BP rounds of these early arriving guys because it's more fun to watch anyway. But Bryce Ball, dude, where do you see this guy? His nickname is Drago. He's six foot six. He's blonde. He's got kind of a crew cut. He uh, he looks just like Drago, the Russian boxer. So one of the minor league coaches last year in his first year in the minors gave him that gave him that uh, nickname, Drago. But he is he was a year ago at this time was playing at Dallas Baptist, and this guy hit eighteen homers in his senior year at Dallas Baptist, and somehow fell to the twenty fourth round, even though he hits like. 330. So he gets to Braves get him in the 24th round. He goes to rookie ball and low A and does the same thing. Hits over 300 with power. So this guy might have been a huge steal in the draft. He's a first baseman, but I could see by the time he gets to the big leagues, if they have the DH here in a couple years, Braves might have their DH right off the bat for a long time. So he, uh, but it's impressive watching him. I know it's just coach pitch BP. But he's hitting them. They have this second seating deck. They got a little section of seats that's up on uh, platform and up on uh, these kind of steel found uh, steel uh, poles. It's way above the right right center bleachers. There's this extra layer, extra seating section, and he's hitting line drives up there. I mean, we're talking like 420 foot line drives, uh, and even the coaches, the hitting coaches, are like. All right, Drago, I think you got that one down. Slice is like, you, I think you need to go and replace about four seats though. But so it's fun watching it, that kind of thing, you know, early in, early in uh, camp. Uh, and it's just quiet and just gets in there and just takes these huge cuts. And it's just like, boom, boom. And then uh, the other guy that's uh, Drew Waters. We've talked about him before. This guy's, you know, really confident young switch hitter. A lot of people, he reminds you of a uh, young chipper with the swag he's got. But uh, he's cocky in a good way. But he did a lot of work on his, on his right-hand swing in the offseason. So he's kind of got it up to par with his lefty swing, he thinks now. But – just watching him take BP yesterday, <laughs> you know, Seitz is in there giving, okay, he's infield in, outfield back. You know, he's telling him what to do, situational hitting, situational BP. And uh, the last last uh, group of swings, he's like, okay, three and then hit, and then uh, bunt for a hit. And Drew Waters just takes four cuts. He doesn't do the last one bunt, and he walks out, and Seitz is like, <laughs> what, no bunt? And Waters forgot, and he's like, back pedals back in. And and uh, Seitz is like, what, are you just going to drop tanks and then leave? And, and, and True Waters goes, I'm just used to shooting the gap. <laughs> it's like a That's 21-year-old good. kid, man. He's, no more comfortable this year. That's the kind of stuff J.D. was saying even before he had much time in the big league. So, you know, confidence isn't – that's something I could hear Donaldson saying. Exactly. Uh, I, I, haven't, I hadn't seen much really footage or video of Waters, so I saw that one that video you are talking about yesterday. Yeah. He has a great swing. He does. It's smooth. He's he put on a, about 10 pounds of muscle. Smooth man. Oh, he actually's got the same weight. He's just turned it into muscles, upper body. He's wiry, man, and he's got a really nice stroke. Yeah, he just looks like a great athlete. Yeah. Um. So, uh, other thing, Freddie Freeman. Eric, he's is fit, and he is extremely eager to get started now after having his elbow cleaned out. I mean, you talk about a guy that looks five years younger. Just the 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 way he's carrying himself, bright eyed. You could tell that he's got so much less uh off he's got weight off his shoulders now he comes in he said he's he, he just didn't he honestly said he did not know that he had so much going on, on his elbow he thought it was just every year when he started hitting again in december he thought it would just be sore because he hadn't used those muscles in a while now he starts hitting after he has a surgery in october five days after the you know the playoff loss he had you know two bone spurs and three fragments removed he said when he started hitting december it's just pain-free and he's been hitting like crazy 
take the first first day down here. So I said, I said, so so so, Freddie, fans out there that might say to me, yeah, but he said he felt great in September. He was lying, Danny. He admits he was he was fibbing, yeah, because he wanted to play. <laughs> but I said, what do you say to them now when you, when you say you feel good? They're gonna go, yeah, but he said that in September. Freddie said, I know, I know. He goes, but this time I mean it. I'm not lying. <laughs> he goes, I feel great. Because the first day down here, he hit, he hit, he took three, batting practice, hit in the cage, went out and played golf all afternoon. Woke up the next day feeling absolutely great, no pain at all. I mean, I'm. It's gonna be fun watching this guy this year. That's a scary thought to think that he hasn't been a hundred percent in a few I know. years. I know, right? Because <laughs> he's good enough at whatever percent he was playing. If he was playing at eighty, whatever he's been at, he's. It's a scary thought to think where he could be this year. But you know he's going to come in with a chip on his shoulder. Yeah, you know it's. I think he but took that pretty elbow. hard last year. No, but not a chip no. <laughs> on the shoulder, not in the elbow. He, but you know, he took that hard last year, man. I, I know for yeah. a fact he took that really hard, yeah. and it wore on him. So and the criticism I'm sure he's excited. for the first time, he knows he got it for the Never first time. Never dealt with that. And this is a guy that's yeah. played 155 or 52, 55, 60 games a year, even when he had all that going on in his elbow. So, yeah. you know. I fully expect he's going to be under 160 games this year. I mean, uh, Snip might be able to get him out of there one or two times, but that's about it. I mean, he's just not – Freddie's not going to want to come out. The doc told him – Alchek did the surgery, told him. He said, you should that, – that he goes, it's very rare that that's going to come back now. At your age, you know, with what you've got left in your career, you know, six, seven, ten years left, he goes, you're probably not going to have the same thing come back now. We've cleaned that out. The bone spurs are gone. Uh, Freddie said he felt that when he pitched in high school, he just thought he was going to blow his elbow out from throwing. He thought it was just a normal thing. But he said maybe that was what it was, the start of the bone spurs, you know, back then. Well, they normally, you know, they form almost as a protective mechanism right. to, to protect your ligaments. So he probably felt, you know, just how it's been described to me, he probably felt some ligament damage happening in high school, which, you know, the first time you're really ramping up, you're going to feel that and it's, uh-huh. it's going to stretch and everything. But They'll form to protect you, you know. They'll they'll kind of jam up the joint to to keep you from tearing your, you know, right. tearing your uh, UCL. So that it's probably been building ever since then. And, and he has a cannon. I don't people don't know that Freddie yeah. has a good arm, and he lets it eat. Sometimes you see him throw to second or try to throw yeah. somebody out at home. Um, but you know, it's it's something that for me, just to I'm just excited to see what he does. Because if you're telling me he hasn't been 100 percent and the things I've seen him do, you know it, yeah. it's scary to think what he could possibly do this year. I mean, hopefully the balls are the same. He might hit 50. Yeah, he's uh, he might he really might because he was on pace to hit mid 40s last year before. Yeah, you know it started barking. He hit the two homers on September one, didn't hit another one the rest of the regular season. So, you know, still hit 38. Yeah, um, you know that's what I'm saying. Uh, and he's in great shape. He's uh he's 220, 21 pounds. He said it's hard to believe he's been here you know, 10, 10 full seasons. This is his 10th full season in the majors. And he said Ooh. it was like yesterday when he came. Uh, when Making he reported. me feel old. Yeah. He said uh, he was when he first came, he sat pictures of him. You know, if you look at pictures of Freddie when the first year here, he's got baby fat. chubby. He was 248. <laughs> and I said, how'd you get so big? And he said, <laughs> he said the first year him and uh, – uh, Jason Hayward were gonna were invited to big league camp. You know they were what 18, 19 years, nineteen years old, 19, 18, 19. And Jason called him because they they talked all the time. They were already good friends from uh, from uh, all the perfect game and all that stuff. And Jason told him 
in the minor leagues. They'd already been together in the minor leagues for a couple of years. And Jason's told him that uh, I'm, he called Freddie right before camp, and he said, uh, or a month before camp, he says, I'm at 245 now. Jason was like, oh, no. Or, or uh, Freddie was like, oh, no. <laughs> so Freddie thought to himself, I got to get bigger. So Freddie oh, said, no. he went about it all the wrong way. And he asked when he got fat. <laughs> he showed up. It took him like two years to get normal again. But he, came, he was like 248 that first year. He's at 221 I did that when when Felix was fat. You know, I thought if I got fat that I would throw harder. (laughs) Yeah. So so I went home one offseason and I made these like 2,000 cuts. My dad actually made them for me. It's like, Dad, I want to gain weight. And my dad started making me these shakes with chocolate syrup, peanut butter, scoops of ice cream, like six raw eggs. I mean, they're probably 2,000 calories. I drink them every night before bed. I gained 30 pounds and came to camp thinking I was going to throw gas. And the first first day they gunned me, I was still 89 and I had to do fat camp. (laughs) That is funny, man. Yeah, it didn't work out. I remember the year you came back. And uh, you had been hurt the year before, and you came back, and you were in incredible shape. And uh, Bobby was like, "Have you seen? Have you have you seen O'Flaherty? Jeez, he looks like he looks like he's been in a fitness camp all year. He goes, that guy's out well, so skinny now." I, you know, but that was a problem when I first showed up because this was a little bit of old school baseball. And normally when you tell yeah. guys to lose weight, they just hop on the elliptical and stop eating. Right, right. right? And so you'd have you'd have a lot of fat pitchers that threw like 97. They they Everyone would think, well, if you get in shape, you know, you're going right. to be even better. And then so the guy would just stop eating chips and he'd be eating salad and chicken and just sitting in the sauna and riding the elliptical. He'd just he'd lose 20 pounds, but it'd be all muscle and he'd yeah. still be fat. Yeah. Right, so so guys would come into camp normally when they came into camp after they lost a ton of weight, their velocity would go down. So when I got to camp that year, that was after '09. Um, yeah. I lost, I think, I think I lost 25 pounds because I was close to 230. I came in at 205, and all the coaches, Chino, uh, TP, uh, I, Bobby didn't say anything to me. One other coach, I think it was a, a front office guy came up to me and they were all just saying, you know, you got to get back in the kitchen. We, you know, we, it's a long season. You're going to, you're going to turn into yeah. dust by, yeah. you know, the end of the year, but I'd worked my ass off. I mean, I'd, I'd got this personal trainer and I mean, he was killing me the whole off season, but I was eating too. Um, I just got in actual great shape. But so my first game, um, after catching all this flack, my first game, I was throwing 93, 94. And all of a sudden, all the coaches are just going yeah. around preaching my work ethic, telling everybody what a hard worker I was and everything you need to do. Uh, it was funny, man, because it was like it's everything's after the fact in baseball. So if you know whatever you're doing, if you're if you're if you're getting results from it, just keep doing it. You know, if you're yeah. if you're yeah. if you're fat and throwing 97, you're just big boned. But if you're fat and throwing 87, you're a pile of crap. <laughs> you know, that's kind of how the game is. You ought to see the kitchen they got down here, man. They got a spread now. You know, before they had to cook the shit like outside and bring it in. You know, there was no room in the kitchen there. They were like grilling outside and bringing it. They got like a, it's like a, a four star uh, uh, restaurant caf- kitchen here now. I mean, these guys are making them meals and everything and. And, uh, well, they got what everybody they, else has. These guys you know, are, most most teams have that. Yeah, stuff. exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you ought to see. Uh, you, you speak of specimen. You ought to see this. You ought to see Kyle Muller now, man, dude. That that guy is a. Monster. I've seen him. I've seen his he's videos. Like, <laughs> he scares me. Oh he scares me God. a little bit. He looks like an NFL tight end. He looks like Kelsey. You know, so does Bryce Ball. But the yeah, Muller Muller might even be better, bigger. He's like six five, six yeah, six. Yeah, but so like did two fifty. Soroka was pretty big too, too. You know, like Soroka was pretty big. He had to cut back on some of that stuff. Scares me, man. You yeah. start getting too big. Any year, I lifted too hard, I couldn't move. But yeah. I think you know, if if they're doing it right and they're doing I the mobility and all that right, with Mueller. it, yeah. yeah, he's the drive line guy and all that. I think he's doing yeah. it right. Yeah. 
Yeah, when so, I did it wrong, I'd just gone – this was that same offseason. I decided to gain 30 pounds. I was just hitting the bench press, you know. I was just yeah, doing, yeah. you know, like penitentiary workouts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nothing, uh, nothing too smart going on. I just had an idea and went for it. Yeah, so the games are going to start soon. And the, the good thing is that, uh, yeah, because he's going to want, like, Camargo and Riley's going to split the playing time at third base. He doesn't want to bring one of those guys in after the other. In other words, he wants to let them start a game, each guy, and play, you know, the most of the game. Uh, uh, so he's going to kind of split it up. And uh, he said there will be plenty. Of, the, the good thing is the veterans didn't take hardly any road trips, as you know, in the past because the Braves were so far from all the other places, especially after the Astros left Kissimmee and after the Nationals left Vieira, you know, all the road trips except Lakeland were more than an hour away, and some, most of them were two to three hours. So guys like Freddie and Nick, they didn't make any road trips at all, Mac and all those guys. They're going to make road trips now because most of the road trips are less than an hour, and there's like three or four of them that are only 30, 40 minutes away. So guys are going to make road trips, and they're going to be able to do the work here. A lot of times on the really close, it's like 30 minutes away. The team's going to work out here, get in the bus, and go play the game and come back. Yeah, so, that's nice. That's how everybody does everything. it in Arizona. Yeah, that's what everybody does. They you do your whole everything at home. But it, the, the nice thing about it, man, is a, a lot of the complexes have been updated. But you know, the road clubhouses are usually just a clubhouse. So right. all of a sudden, you got you got you got twenty five, right. thirty guys from big league camp. Then you got another twenty from minor right. league camp coming over, stuffed mm-hmm. into a locker room with forty lockers, right? Mm-hmm. And and then you got. Everybody trying to foam roll and make their peanut butter and jelly sandwiches before the game. It's yeah. It's really inconvenient. You know, it doesn't bother you as much when you're young, but as you're older and your body starts needing maintenance and there's only one training table, yeah. Uh it it can really wear on you mentally and f- obviously physically too. It's it's a pain in the ass. So it's good, man. It's good that they're down there. I think it's gonna make a big change or big difference for a lot of those guys. They're gonna they're definitely gonna be happier, you know, in better moods. I did too. I mean, it's it's such a radical uh upgrade that I mean, you could see where I mean, you're going to better. You're going to be better prepared for the season. They literally, uh, it's yeah. not just a matter of being convenient and comfortable. They're no. just the workout stuff is just so much better down here. The weight rooms, you guys aren't waiting in line to do their and, and want to get in in and out of there as fast as they can. Now they want to spend time in there. Now guys are coming early, spending the whole day here. Now, yeah, yeah, it's 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 helpful. Yeah. All right, well, we're going to have plenty of shows here. We're going to start the two shows a week uh, soon. Uh, looking forward to it. It's going to be plenty to talk about uh, actual baseball getting started soon. So we're going to have a lot of have a couple of position battles. Going to be following all these pitchers and seeing where they are and how that uh, how that's shaping up for the last two rotation spots. Uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot to talk about, and we're looking forward to it. So we'll look forward to you guys joining us twice a week soon. And also – just don't forget, save 40% off a first-year subscription to The Athletic. All you have to do is go to theathletic.com forward slash 755 is real. Theathletic.com forward slash 755 is real. Uh, and you can get a 40% off discount. All right. Later. See you next week. Later.